This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. If you have your uh, Bibles, let's turn to Exodus, Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, verse 4 through 5. It's a a verse that you should be very familiar with. If not, uh, it will sound familiar. It is the second of the Ten Commandments. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above, or on the earth beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing, and this is the NIV, punishing the children of the sin of their fathers unto the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the, uh, your goodness. And Lord, we just ask that you give us insight to what this scripture means uh, to us today. We know there is a meaning to the, the listeners, the hearers, the first time, those in, in that time frame. But Lord, we know that you want to speak to us uh, through the scripture as well. We say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, as we approach Father's Day, which is in a couple weeks, don't forget everybody. Um, that was supposed to be funny. Thank you. Uh, it's coming, and so I'm going to do a very unusual um, sermon. Uh, it's going to be, I don't know what's going on with me. Um, my kids call it menopause, and so I'm crying a lot. Um, you know, I watch a commercial, and I'm like, <laughs> you shouldn't give the dogs Purina. Give them the all-natural one. Um, and I'm reading this book uh, called A Thousand Reasons, I think it's called. Yeah, A Thousand Gifts. Thank and it's funny, I posted on Facebook, and of like 99% responders were ladies. So I'm like, <laughs> so I don't know what's going on with me. Um, so I, I want to show you a cheesy video. If that's all right with you. Um, to me, it's pretty powerful. As we head up to Father's Day, I'm just wondering, um, Lord, are you speaking to us as dads and as leaders and uh, as men and women, this message for both? I want to play this uh, video that I actually saw it when it happened. Um, I don't ever publicize this, but I watch American Idol from time to time, and so, or I, or What's the other one? The um, Americans Got Talent. There's one more where they turn the table, the chairs. That one. Blind audition one. And of course, everybody saw the American Got Talent, uh, Cody Lee, and uh, cried on that one. So I'm, I'm glad my, all my children aren't here. They might be afraid to hear their dads crying. So um, I saw when this happened, and it really just uh, resonated with me. And it resonates with the scripture. It's not a Christian song. 
Um, but it, to me, it is about love. And there's a line in her song that she sings, uh, Kelly Clarkson, she sings, is um, the apple fell far from the tree. And so my title for uh, our online, uh, when we post online, is The Apple Doesn't Fall from the tree, Far from the Tree or Does It? I thought it was a pretty challenging song because it talks about a father, how they should be, how they should be. And uh, the Bible, we just read the scripture in Exodus chapter 20. What happens when we create idols in our lives? It says this, you shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or in earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And he talks about the ramifications of uh, someone who puts idols in their lives. And it says that the uh, punishing the children of the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generations for those who hate God. I've been reading a new book called uh, Crucial Conversations, and it's a phenomenal book if you're in you work with office mates and you have people under you, over you, I would strongly suggest the book Crucial Conversations. But one of the things that you need to have a crucial conversation, which is what we're talking about today, we're having a crucial conversation, is the, uh, the, uh, the base of trust. That somehow uh, that, that there's a, a, a base of safety. You know, sometimes, in, even with my wife, um, if maybe there's something in vice, you know, whether she wants to talk to me or I want to talk to her about something that's very crucial, that's something that's very serious. One of the things that you need in order to accomplish that is a sense of safety and trust. Trust of vulnerability. Trust that you're going to be heard. And at that time, in that moment, in a crucial conversation, you're not, you know, uh, throwing out judgments. You're just listening. And so one of the biggest challenges in our church, and I would say churches in general, is that uh, is, do you feel safe that um, at the end I will ask for those who want prayer, but I know that you're going to have to say, do I, trust, do I trust people that they're not going to judge me if I go to the front and ask for prayer? And I don't know if we're kind of church we are. I don't know if we're going to, I pray that we don't. I pray that you would never judge anyone who comes to the front. I pray that you would never, like we talked about two weeks ago with Michael, the uh, wife of uh, David, when he did something to give to the Lord so wonderful that she mocked him. And at the, remember at the very end of that sermon, we talked about one of the saddest verses in the Bible, that uh, Michael never bore children that day. It wasn't that she couldn't have children but she lost that intimacy with the king. And so that's one of the challenges if we, uh, you know, if somebody's going after the Lord, we, don't, we would never want them to feel like we're judging them. We should applaud them and encourage them. But one of the lines on there is like a father should be. And as we're leading up to Father's Day, and, and even if you don't have children, you know, a spiritual father, are you a spiritual father? Are we discipling those around us? All of us, and when I say fathers, I mean leaders and, and some moms and, and women. This pertains to all of us. But we all have baggage, don't we? And some of you have heard my stories of my baggage, of my family. 
We all respond differently from different types of dads and parents. I don't know if you remember when we were doing the sermon series in Genesis and we talked about Joseph and his brothers. And you realize that exactly what the scripture just said, man, is like the curse continues to go down and the deceitfulness and and the, the, the womanizing, it just went down from generation to generation. And so, um, and you, I want to always be careful. My father is, is still with us on earth. He's 87, strong as an ox. But the things that my father did to me, I, the Lord has helped me to look at my dad as someone who was sinned against, not just a sinner. You know, he was, you know, I start to look at his life. So the Lord has given me the ability to, to, to inject mercy in how I see my dad and how I see him. I'd love to tell you my siblings, my brothers and sister all see him the same way they don't. They have different lenses they look through. And so began to ask myself, am I the man that, am I the father, am I the man that God wants me to be, or am I continuing this um, ripple effect of the sinful nature of my dad and my mom? Again, there's, everybody has baggage, we all carry, one of the things that, uh, the imbalance, I would say, of a, a church, there's a lot of imbalance, it's, it, it, is, it is what it is. You know, when someone walks in through those doors as pastors and leaders of our church, we're going to love them with all the baggage, with all the baggage. None of you have any baggage, but we've had people with heavy baggage, heavy scars from the past. Where the imbalance comes, and it's maybe, and it is what it is. You know, um, the pastor has baggage too. And sometimes I may not say hello to someone in the middle of a, the five-minute meet and greet. And I've actually had people um, say that I wasn't friendly. And I'm like, it's like, wow, just, just can, I need a little grace. I'm not trying to not be friendly. I'm just maybe trying to use the restroom real quick. I try to say hello to someone I haven't seen in a while. And I'm very limited. But there's that little imbalance. But we, as leaders and our elders in our church, we'll just... Whatever it is, and, and, and we've been here almost 12 years, and let me tell you, people carry a lot of hurts. And I'm not going to finish the sermon today, but I'm telling you, we don't have to carry those hurts lifelong, but we do. They, sometimes we hold on to them. If I'm honest, and I've already been honest with you, is that we still, I still carry some of our family luggage, baggage, if you will. I, um, and I'm not trying to speak ill of my parents, but there's some things I still deal with that I know I learned from them. And I'm not, I'm not alone, I imagine. I imagine all of us can look to our parents and say, wow. Here's the challenge for you. Here's the challenge for you. Can you see how the ripple effect has affected you? Can you see it? If you can't see it, you're going to probably hold on to it. One time I remember talking 
in Chi Alpha years ago that I was going to go out on a date with my daughter. At those times, she was probably like 10 years old. And uh, a girl wrote me, and she goes, I wish my dad did that for me, but the only thing he did was abuse me. And uh, the girl really struggled with promiscuity in college. Do you see how the, the ripple effect is that... Um, and this is, you know, at the end of the day, and I, I hope I say it at the end, but Jesus truly is the answer. Now, I, I believe Jesus will use certain components in your life to bring him to Jesus, like really good counselors. The other day, I, I, I called Kim. She's a really good counselor. You know, I, I needed some help with some advice about um, someone who lost their dad. What can I tell them? What can I tell the family? And in our, in our ministry, we haven't done a lot of funerals. Actually, we've done zero funerals in all of my Chi Alpha ministry or church ministry. So I, I call someone who's well-versed, and, and Kim helped me uh, beautifully to help someone else. Sometimes uh, there was a time where I was, um, there was a time where Robin was really sick. We, 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 we thought that she might have MS. Uh, she was showing some signs of MS, and, and the doctor, out of the blue, says, I think we should put you on some sort of uh, antidepressant. I'm like, whoa, we don't do that. And uh, he was a believer, too, and he goes, no, I think you need to do that. I'm like, and he told me why, and I was like, and I realized that, you know, God could use medicine, too. I didn't know it until then. And he used medicine to help people. He used good counselors. But at the end of the day, man, we good prayer, a prayer bro, uh, brother or sister could help us to begin to, to let go of these things that hold on to us. But if we're not careful, we probably don't even know we're carrying on those same baggage we carry from our family that can go beyond dysfunction. It goes far beyond dysfunction. It could lead into sin and uh, and it can just go on from generation to next generation. You know, maybe, um, and I, I haven't asked your kids a lot lately, but I used to joke around. It's like, who gets angry, your mom or your dad? And they're all honest, and they tell me. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so um, I still love doing that. I try not to do that anymore because uh, I feel like I'm invading your privacy. Uh, but uh, I was a little shocked sometimes what kids would say. The things that kids would say. And the thing about our children, whether the, your own children or the children that you see around, in other words, the, those who are who may be less mature around you, that don't know the Lord, and how we respond and how we react has an effect. Some of us might be dealing with, um, maybe our parents spoke ill of Jesus and you still struggle with that, or, or prejudice, or uh, horrible uh, handling of money. A horrible way of handling success. I don't know about every culture, but in Latin America, it seems as though generally, not everyone, but generally it seemed like every man had a mistress. It was like a cultural, cultural curse. At least the ones I knew. 
not here in America, but most, it's like a good friend of ours I never knew had someone on the side. I never knew that they did that. Good friends, good family. And it seems like even our close friends and family from someone on the side. And then their kids grew up, and their kids are my cousins. And guess what they do? They're married, and then they have someone on the side. You see the ramifications. And so maybe, uh, maybe there's prejudice and, and uh, issues with success and fidelity. All of these were shaped uh, in our lives and, and, and handed down to us. And we wish they didn't do that. Maybe a father who abandoned, like, this, like the, the song was talking about, a father who abandoned their children. Or divorce that ripped your world apart. How about a cold and distant parent? A lot of times cold and distant parents leaves a gaping hole in our hearts that we long to fill. Anger. You know, um, again, I'll, I'll just be vulnerable. I, uh, Robin was totally shocked when I got angry one time. Like, she had never heard someone get so angry. I'm like, this ain't nothing. You should see my mom and dad. I thought I was doing good. But anger can be dropped down into a different generation. <laughs> Did my son say something? Cold and distant, loveless. Impatience. There was a time where I would wonder how I could approach my dad. I was so happy the day that my dad got a dog because I would send the dog in first and how he would respond to the dog, I'll know what kind of response I would get. I had a pastor like that. You know that I worked under a pastor that I would come into the, the front desk and I would ask the receptionist, how's the weather? And that was code word was how was the pastor? And a lot of times she would say, overcast uh, thunderstorm. So I would just hide away in, into my little cubby hole as youth pastor and try to stay away. I absolutely loved my pastor that I was under. He was sinned against, and he carried baggage too. Things that weren't dealt with. How about a passive parent? Someone who doesn't like conflict. And so they, instead of telling their kids no, or telling their little teenager no, they, they're just passive and they just let things slide. Pornography. First time I've used that word at Mosaic Church right now. All the statistics I'm reading, which I, I'm, I'm having a hard time believing, is the pornography inside the church. And the devil has convinced us as a church that it won't affect the next generation. What are we doing to our kids that we may not even know and might be aware of? Are we aware of what has wounded us and has shaped us? And so, as I read the scripture, 
You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven or above in the earth or beneath in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. And I'll talk about that. What does that actually mean? I was at a wedding and I sat with about four. Again, this is not science. It's just observation. I sat at a wedding of my nephew and sat at a table with a bunch of widows, widowers. And none of them missed their spouse. They kept telling me that he was an angry dude. He was selfish. He wouldn't let me do this. And he wouldn't let me do that. And they were gone, glad that he was gone. And I remember thinking, Lord, I pray that my wife would never say it about me. I pray that I don't become that grumpy old guy. That they would say that about me once I'm gone. I pray that, that as men in, in this church, I pray that we are uh, working towards on our journey with Jesus to Lord to release these things and to let them go and to release them and find the peace that comes of drawing close to Jesus. We have a lot of ground to cover. I won't do them all, but as we read, this is the second commandment. For the Lord your God is a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. In those days, and, and typically, there were multi-generations that lived in a home. It's not like here where we send grandma off and we send, you know, great-grandmother. We, don't even know, we never lived with great-grandmother. But in those days, you could have a brand-new baby, a 15, 16-year-old mom, a 32-year-old grandpa, 55-year-old great-grandpa. Four generations living under one roof. And if the dad has an anger issue, the patriarch goes down to the, the grandfather, to the father, and just a matter of time goes down to the child. And God sees the, the ramifications of this. And he sees the destruction of it. And he says, don't make any of these idols. These idols are things that we hold on to. And we, and we lift them up to a place of prominence. So we lived, they lived in proximity for one another. Not that different um, Right now, I have a brand new granddaughter that's eight weeks old, and, and the father, my son, is 24, and I'm 55, and my dad's 87. So there's that, that four generations that live, are still alive in, in close proximity. Not under one roof, but there's still relationship. The Lord repeats this in Exodus chapter 34. It says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in Abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. But what does that mean, punishment? It says again in Deuteronomy chapter 5. What does it mean? Well, we know that it doesn't mean retribution. There's no generational punishment inflicted on us as the children because of something our father or grandfather did. 
We're not guilty by association. But we are affected by association. And if you're not aware of that, then you're going to be affected more so. The way I, I behaved towards, especially early, early in my life, in my marriage, I was affected by those who were above me, how I communicated. It wasn't until someone spoke to me, Jesus spoke to me, the Word of God spoke to me, books that I've read began to speak to me and, and began to show me that I was off on my journey with Jesus. There is collateral damage. And we don't, I don't have time to read in Ezekiel chapter 18, but you want to write this down. Ezekiel 18, verse 5 through 22, talks about that you're not being condemned, you're not being punished in the sense of justice uh, because of the sins of your fathers or grandfathers. But there is this sense that there is corporate dynamic collateral damage. Where one person bears the guilt of doing something, the others around feel the effect of what they've done. I think of a father who's gone off to, to prison. I went to visit a, a man about 40 minutes from here. You know, he's there and his son and kids and his wife are down in Bradenton, Florida. That has an effect. It tears through the family. And not all families are as dysfunctional as mine. Maybe you came, grew up in a, a healthy environment. And for that, we need to praise Jesus for Amen. It's amazing if you sit and talk to people, the stories that people have, like, wow, God has been good to you. He's brought you this far. The Bible makes it very clear that sin has a ripple effect. And sadly, it's not done in isolation. Sadly, that the sins that our fathers were involved in affected us as children. But I have made it a point a pact with my God, Lord Jesus, as I submit my life to you, Lord, stop the ripple effect. Stop the ripple effect in the name of Jesus. And Lord, start with me. You know, I know people that struggle with fear because something had happened to them, and, and it makes sense, but now I notice that their kids are struck with fear. Again, until we begin to ask the Lord to look into our hearts and help us, He's there to help us. He's a loving Father. He wants to give us good gifts. He wants us to be good moms and dads. The other day I had a family gathering and I just asked them for forgiveness. Um, it wasn't super big in the sense like you know, on the scale of sins, but it was more like I should have pushed you in this area and I didn't. And I asked for forgiveness. I, and I challenged them to stop that kind of mindset with your kids. 
because I want to bring him the greatest glory. And I, and I love my grandkids, and I don't want to have to deal with the issues that, that maybe I had to deal with. Dr. Christopher and Dr. They don't even know I'm going to mention it, but, you know, they, they're also excellent in helping people to go through spiritual, um, in a sense, like a cleansing. God would help them in the things that maybe they're, they're holding them back in their journey with Jesus. I want to read one story before we stop. I'm going to ask Bryce to come on up. Um, it's a story about Bruce Springsteen. Bruce, Bruce Springsteen wrote a book, a biography. These are his words. He wrote a book in 2012, famous uh, singer. If you don't know who Bruce Springsteen is, famous uh, rock singer. And he wrote a book. As a child, you don't question your parents' choices. You accept them. They are justified by the godlike status of parenthood. If you aren't spoken to, you're not worth the time. You remember how they used to say that? Don't speak unless you're spoken to. If you're not greeted with love and affection, you haven't earned it. These are his words. If you are ignored, basically you don't exist. Control over your own behavior is the only card you have to play in the hope of modifying theirs. And this is powerful. Maybe you have to be tougher, stronger, more athletic, smarter. You have to do something. I don't know, but who knows? One evening, my father was giving me boxing lessons in the living room. I was flattered by his attention. And I was excited by his attention and eager to learn. And things were going well. And then he threw a few open palm punches to my face that landed just a little too hard. And it stung. I wasn't hurt, but it was a line that had been crossed. And I knew something he was communicating to me. Continue reading. We had slipped into the dark shadow land beyond father and son. I sensed that what was being said, I was an intruder, a stranger, a competitor in our home, and a fearful disappointment. My heart broke and I crumpled. And he walked away in disgust. When my dad looked at me, he didn't see what he thought needed to be seen. And that was my crime. End of quote. And I wish that would, I would love to say that's just the story of non-Christians. But Christians were broken as well and we need Jesus to help us. And as Father's Day approaches, you know, it's okay in our church to say, Lord, help me. It's okay to say, Lord, help me. Maybe you've been uh, injured by your parents and it still affects you today. I would just say, join the club. You're not the only one. You're not the only one in Mosaic Church. We should all ask ourselves, why do we act the way we do? 
best everybody's eye closed. And I am going to ask our elders to come up and pray. Help me pray. You know our church, we don't do this for, um, we don't do the emotional response to get some sort of emotional kick out of it. We rarely do it. But when we do, it's, it's for his glory. But let's just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we say thank you. And Lord, I, I pray that, uh, that we would not be afraid of you. That we would not be afraid of you. Lord, that we would not allow fear to um, reign in our hearts right now. Lord, we just pray for Holy Spirit love and acceptance. Maybe you feel the effects of parents. Some things that you might be dealing with. I I, I could say the list, but it would be endless. Maybe even abused, whether it be uh, physically, sexually. Maybe you feel abandoned. misunderstood and you're gonna I'm gonna ask you just to respond and say Lord I just need I need your touch maybe you're a dad in this room you recognize wow I've um, just like that cats in the cradle song I've become just like you dad you know that's maybe not the best thing. So I don't know if I've laid out a, a level of trust and so we can respond, so we can have that crucial conversation, that crucial prayer time. But I pray that you do feel God's love and trust. Bryce is going to sing this one song, and we're just going to respond. If you want prayer, uh, just come on up. We're going to pray. I encourage you. Let's do that now. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.